Welcome to the McLean Church Podcast, where we discuss how our lives and our faith come together in practical ways. Now here's your host, McLean Church Campus Pastor, Ben DiStefano. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the McLean Church Ministry Podcast. This is season three, and this season we're going to do things a little bit differently. We've decided to interview some of the staff members and ministry team leaders at McLean Church. We want to give you a little bit of background of where they're from and what they do and how their ministry is impacting a region for Jesus Christ. From the banjo to the mandolin, the harmonica to the piano, and the guitar to even the drums, Brian Spence puts his whole heart into leading worship at McLean Church. Today we'll hear from him and maybe even be encouraged to pick up an instrument ourselves. Here's our conversation with McLean Church Worship Director, Spence. Well, here we are with uh, McLean Church Worship Director, Brian Spence. Uh, we, We know him affectionately as just Spence and uh, he introduces himself that way. And it's great to have him with us on the McLean Church Ministry Podcast. Spence, welcome to the show. Glad you're here with us today. Thanks so much, Ben. I'm happy to be here with you. So you, uh, you're in charge of leading, the, leading and directing all of the worship, the music and production that happens at McLean Church. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, we're just so thankful for all that you do and how that comes across. Uh, it's got to be a lot of fun, I would imagine, isn't it? Yes, yes. A lot of it is a lot of fun, that's for sure. (laughs) There are challenges like anything else, but, you know, there's worship leading is a big part of my job, writing charts, getting to work with people, getting to work with youth, and those things are all just an absolute blast, and I enjoy it very, very much. It's a a blessing and a privilege for sure. Awesome. Hey, before we get too far, let us know a little bit about your family, your background, maybe who you are, what you do, things that you like. Um, what is, what's, what's the makeup of the Spence family in, in the Edinburgh area? So uh, my wife, Diana, we've been married for, it'll be 17 years this summer, which is really exciting for us. And we have wow. two kids. Uh, my, my son, Maxton is nine and my daughter, Lila is seven. And we met at Edinburgh University in the music department there. Okay. She, she grew up in St. Mary's and I grew up in the Pittsburgh area in the suburbs. And we met at the Heather Hall, which no longer is standing anymore. Uh, they have a new building over there. And we, we settled down here. We got used to the weather. And once you get used to the weather, this is a really nice place to live. And we've been here ever since. At first, we kind of thought we might go somewhere else, but we've, we've been really happy. We love the area. And it's definitely our home now, and it's where we're raising our kids. We live in the General McLean School District, just a few minutes from the church. And we've been okay. really happy here. That's awesome. So, so timeline that for us a little bit. You said 17 years ago when, when that you've been married. When was it that you met? What year? So we met uh, sometime 99, 2000. I okay. A year or two after high school because I took some time at a community college to try to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I didn't go right into ministry. I, I got into music, you know, as a teenager, came up here, was just studying guitar, realized mm-hmm. a couple of years in that that would be pretty worthless to have a degree that just says I can play guitar. So I went into music education. I ended up absolutely loving that. 
and I did it for 12 years at Northwestern, had a great time there. But over those 12 years, I ended up getting more involved in McLean Church and started feeling the call into ministry. So that all overlapped with my time with Diana. We, we did not date through college. Mm-hmm. We got together more at the end of it, around 2002. I got engaged about a year later and married about a year after that. So okay. it right. kind of fell into place for us. Neither one of us was really had any long-term plans. We were just both kind of figuring it out, and, and it worked for us. Yeah, for sure. So that you bring up an interesting thing about your career. Um, probably something if if we have parents that are listening and underscore their a degree in guitar might not get you very far. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. but uh, so you went into music education, and I think I don't know if a lot of people know that around McLean, uh, but you know they might. But listeners joining in from from outside of our church, uh, here's a here's a here's someone that has a a, a teaching degree teaching in the public school system in Pennsylvania, which isn't easy. I mean, that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good gig once you get it right. And, um, um, you're teaching for 12 years. Uh, what was it like making the shift from education, uh, to church ministry? So it was easily the hardest decision I've made in my life, especially my adult life, but probably my life in general, because it didn't just impact me. It impacted my wife and my kids and, yeah. uh, you know, the rest of my future here on earth. Mm-hmm. So I, it was made a little bit harder by the fact that I wasn't looking to get out of teaching either. It was more that I was feeling pulled into ministry. So it was a really tough decision, but I had been getting more involved with the church I'd been serving for about four or five years on the worship team and had gotten trained as a worship leader and just gotten more involved behind the scenes. And there were a couple of times where things would change around the church. And I'd kind of think, you know, maybe if the timing's right, you know, I might be interested in, in getting involved there. And the timing wasn't right. And I was at peace with that. And then in uh, 2016, it was, so it was hard to leave. Um, it was really hard to leave Northwestern. They're a good bunch of people there, and I loved the students, and I loved uh, my teaching position, but I really felt it was, it, it was what God was calling my family and I to do. Right. I've been able to lean on my music background and my teaching background in working with volunteers and doing some training programs and coaching people and helping them grow as musicians. So it, it's actually the skill set has overlapped probably more than I even thought or hoped that it would. Right, right. And I'm, I'm thankful for those transferable skills for sure. Yeah, yeah. That that's got to be a, a big leap and and I'm sure like you said you didn't you didn't do it um without a lot of thought and prayer and 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 all that. So um what take us take us back through maybe those first days. When was your first uh full-time McLean Church status? When when was that? So it was actually, I started on my birthday, the summer of 2016. So it's easy to remember June 29th, uh, 2016. And I had just finished up my 12th year. I took of teaching. I took a few weeks in between just to kind of Mm -hmm. shift gears mentally and everything. And then I started at the church and I started as the Union City worship leader. Mm -hmm. I, uh, Paul McCosco was the worship director at that time, and I worked under him, which was great because I'd always enjoyed working with Paul and volunteering on his teams and things like that. And at that point, I kind of thought that's what it was going to be for a long time. I wasn't even full time 
my kids oh, okay. were my okay. son was still in preschool my daughter hadn't even started school yet and mm. i was spending a lot of time with them so that was a year to get to know how the church worked from the inside to see all those behind the scenes details that even as a volunteer getting more involved i hadn't seen how a lot of that operates how much care and detail goes into everything that happens at the church throughout the week so i spent most of my time at union city that year working with uh, the kids, working with the volunteers on Sunday, trying to figure out how to be a, a worship leader, a regular duty right. worship leader. <laughs> right, right. So you made the jump, not even from, so you made the, I didn't know this. This is interesting. You made the jump from full-time educator to part-time, non-full-time ministry in the church. Yes. Uh, yeah. was, was there a little bit of nervousness in the in the house during those days? Yeah, there was a lot. You know, we we spent months talking about it with mentors and praying on it and talking about it as a family. And you know, Diana has always been really supportive. We've always been supportive of one another, but we wanted to make sure we made the decision together. And we knew that over time things would change. You know, I'd been with the church long enough to see that things are always changing. So. I knew in the back of my mind at some point I would end up full-time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it would happen within a year. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. uh, but we, you know, we had known that going in that whatever job I accept, it's not going to be like that for the next 25 years. You know, mm -hmm. things are always in flux at the church, but yeah, it was definitely scary. One, I guess, I don't know if it was a deciding factor, but we don't have any family around. And so mm -hmm. we had had a lot of trouble getting regular childcare for the kids and, that had been kind of a yo-yo where you get someone good and then you get someone bad and get someone good and you just go back and forth. And me having that part-time schedule allowed me to bring some consistency to our home with our yeah. children. Yeah. And that was a real privilege to, to get to spend that time with my kids. Yeah. Teachers have a, a pretty demanding schedule, especially in the music department. Um, you know, you guys are doing, uh, you know, rehearsals and, and shows and, concerts and all that. Um, and so I bet it was a little bit of a, you could catch your breath a little bit going into ministry in that, in that first year being part-time. Right. And another weird thing for me personally was from the age of four to 36, I had been on the school schedule. That was all mm -hmm. I knew. I'd either been a student, a teacher, or both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So that first year I was kind of having a little, it was, it was a little disorienting at times, Labor Day and Halloween came around and I kept feeling like I'm missing something. And right. it was a, it was a strange transition to make just in my own headspace, let alone yeah. all these other factors with family and uh, part-time, full-time things of that nature. Yeah. Well, well, you made the, 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 the shift well, my man. Um, Thanks. I mean, we are, we are blessed at McLean with your uh, leadership and talent and ability and And I'm, I am always dumbfounded, probably isn't the right word, but we'll use it, dumbfounded at every time, almost, it feels like every time I see you on stage, you're playing a different instrument. So um, you are one <laughs> superbly talented guy. How many instruments can you play with skill? Uh, so I don't know, because I would say, you know, for example, I wouldn't call myself a banjo player, but I play banjo, you know? So you okay, let me, it. let me reframe so. this. <laughs> You're, you're confident enough to stand in front of a crowd and lead worship music, a sing-along with <laughs> any kind of instrument. 
Great. So let's let so we got guitar, we got banjo. I've seen you play the mandolin. Yeah, uh, the, a harmonica. I like to play harmonica. All right. Uh, I play the dobro. We haven't had that on the McLean stage for a while, but that was the first bluegrass instrument I learned how to play. Not the kind of dobro. Guitar. The dobro. Yeah. For those that don't that? know, it's it looks like an acoustic guitar, but you hold it flat on your lap, and okay. the strings are raised uh, much higher off the neck, and you wear finger picks like you would a banjo. Okay. And you put a slide on top of it, and you slide the slide back and forth on top of the strings. All right, all so right. It's, it's it's a fun little instrument to play. Um, play some drum set. I've gotten to play that with the youth a few times, and uh, not nothing fancy, but I've always been kind of a wannabe drummer. Yeah. I started on piano. Okay. Um, and I I still dabble in that a little bit these days. I took lessons for about five years as a kid, and then I took it through college and everything. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I even considered majoring in that instead of guitar. Right. And then I can play a lot of the band instruments, but only at a sixth grade level. So okay. I'm, a very, <laughs> I'm a very proficient sixth grade band member at this point <laughs> in my life. So. You, can, you can wear a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I wouldn't play any of those on stage. I, I'm not, not that good, but I, I was able to hang with my my best sixth grade musicians when I taught. So there you go. There you go. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And you know that I can't play the spoons. So <laughs> that's awesome. And, and we really see that come out um, with your team. So you take that education background that you have, plus the, the ability to play proficiently a number of, of instruments. I'm sure that becomes very helpful when you're leading a rehearsal for McLean church worship and trying to encourage people with, um, with their instrumentation, uh, how have you been able to develop our teams and what does that look like, uh, for you? So, one of my favorite things that we did my first year was called the Worship 101 program. And we were making a big push to grow team. So we offered these classes where anybody could come and sign up and you didn't have to have any experience. And we did one for bass and drums and vocals and guitar. And that was really fun. We were able to get a handful of musicians on the team and in rotation through that. Um, that kind of morphed over the years. It turned into a vocal workshop, which unfortunately we haven't had since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was something that met for years, working with vocalists who are learning how to control their voice and sing better in tune and in pitch, things like that. Uh, a lot of times it manifests itself in rehearsal where I'm thankful to have that background because I think one of the most underrated aspects of being a worship leader is running the rehearsal. You know, it's, it's such a behind the scenes part and you have to really be mindful, not of just what you're doing, but what everyone else is doing. Right. So it's really helpful, you know, if you're working with a drummer and there's a song and it has a, a measure in it that's only has two beats in it instead of four, and the, let's say the drummer is playing through it like there's four beats there. You know, you have to be able to recognize that, to point it out, and then help them work through that on the fly and make that change without taking a lot of time, without being able to go home and practice it, and then implement that immediately for the whole team. So that's where the music education background, I think, really helps. And I'm able to kind of use those skills that I learned to do that in a way where you're still doing it encouragingly, because I think it's always important with music, but especially with worship is you don't want to be a dictator. You know, you you need to keep your hearts in the right place. You know, you can't be slapping wrists and yelling at people. You're not going to create a good worship atmosphere if you treat people like that. So. Being Especially to, with a volunteer base, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And everybody's coming from a different 
a different experience level. You know, we have some musicians that have been playing for decades and some that are relatively new to playing. And you have some people that are very hardcore and that are very casual. And there's nothing wrong or better about any of that. You know, you have this awesome melting pot of people and musicians, and your goal is just to bring it all together for, for right. Christ, really. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine they come from different, like you said, different backgrounds, so different technique, different patterns that they learned, how to play, different ways maybe to read music and and to feel music. And so now you've got to put all that together on a stage. And and um, I mean, to the casual audience observer, it looks it looks like you're doing a good job. But I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears behind the behind the scenes. Yeah, there is, and I'm definitely proud of what we do, and I'm also very blessed to have such great people. You know, mm-hmm. we have excellent musicians, but we have great people, and that's right. one thing I'm very fortunate for. You know, we we're not perfect, of course, and and we have our moments where we fight like a, a church family like brothers and sisters, but you know, the heavy majority of the time when someone makes a mistake, there's no finger pointing. There's no, you missed that. If anything, usually people are too hard on themselves and everybody else is saying, no, it doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're okay. Look at the 99.9% things we did well. So I have great volunteers. I have great support. I have great production team that that make it all happen. So there's no way I could do it uh, by myself. I'm, I'm just one tiny little piece of this amazing McLean puzzle that I get to, to work with and be a part of every day. Yeah. And, and again, that, that education background just allows you to be able to do that probably seamlessly and just to create that nurturing environment. Like you said, it's not pointing fingers. It's, it's, it's getting it right, but through encouragement and challenge and, and a lot of, a lot of moral support from the band members, the other band members as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause we're all in it together and we have to have that, we have to have that perspective of people before product, you know, the people have to come first and all that. And we do at the same time strive for excellence. You know, we right. want to be excellent, but not at the expense of you know, being salt and light to each other in the congregation. Right. And the reality is my excellence may not be on par with somebody else's excellence, but I'm going to bring what I got. I'm going to bring a hundred percent of me and try to grow and try to learn at the same time. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be better at the end of the year, at the end of the day, at the end of the weekend, you know? Yeah. Well, it comes across again, you know, especially on the, on the online side as well. Um, I think that's been a little bit of a new, new venture for us at McLean. Uh, We, we did start it. um, Wow. What? October of 2017, I think is what Chris said, uh, is when we started it. Chris Norris, our, our online site pastor. But during COVID last year, it we pivoted hard towards that. Um, again, thankfully in God's providence, we had, we had all the infrastructure to, to, to go, but we still had to make some adjustments and learn on the fly, learn on the fly, make some mistakes, make some improvements. But we're pretty we're pretty happy with where we're at, um, and just like you said, it, we're ninety nine point nine. But you know, we're 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 always trying to polish up that point one. You know, um, so t- maybe take me back to what's it like to to rehearse and play for a camera? Because I'm not sure many people understand what that's like. Uh, we all experience in person worship. We know what that feels like. Um, but what does it feel like when you as a worship leader are leading a band for a camera 
and a, a, a really un, unknown audience. So it was very strange at first, you know, to, to play to, I want to call it an empty room, but I want to put the words empty room in air quotes because right. it was past, Pastor Chris Norris who pointed it out to us very early on in the process. He said, you're worshiping with somebody. It's just that they're on the other end of that camera and they could be anywhere. You know, yeah. they could be down the street from where we record or they could be in, uh, you know, another country, which as we found out, we do have churches, church friends in Germany, you right. know, to, right. and, and things like that. So you, you have to just change your mindset that we are worshiping with people and they are there with us. It just might not be physically in front of us. And if you can coach people on that and remind yourself of that, it's it's a lot easier to get yourself to that place of where you're worshiping God, you know, because you don't want to just record a performance. You want to worship God mm -hmm. and just, oh, by the way, we happen to record that, you know, and there's yeah, a big right, difference right. between there's a big difference between those two and learning a couple little tricks along, you know, at first it felt very strange to look into the camera because you're just, you know, usually when I lead worship live, I don't pick somebody in the audience and stare straight into their eyes the whole time because that would be very disconcerting for that person. <laughs> so The kids call that creepy. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't want to be, be that guy for sure. So some of those things I think, I think we were lucky to have Chris's vision, uh, even when we started this a few years ago, to, to set that tone. And we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Uh, the other thing, too, is you, you have to be careful not to get in your head too much with the recording. Live, if you made a mistake, there's nothing you can do about it. And for me, at least, it's easier to let that go mm -hmm. because I can't go back and do it again. Right. It's easy to get nitpicky when you record. And so we have to remember, okay, there might be a few bumps here or there, but that's, that's how it is live. And if you make one mistake and say, I want to do the whole thing again, you might fix that, but make one mistake somewhere else. Right. And right. then you fix that. So you can drive yourself crazy with recording. And I think you have to find that balance of what is the right philosophy for what we are trying to put out into the world. Mm -hmm. And we want it to feel live. We want it to feel worshipful. And if we can capture those two things, then we, we feel good about what we've done for the kingdom. Yeah. And so now we at McLean, we're doing, we're doing online. We we're continuing to, to, uh, with the same quality. Cause I, I would say when COVID hit, we, we adjusted our philosophy for online. So that changed the, the recording style and it, and it, and I, I think we've got a great quality online. So we've kept that now that we're a year into it it's interesting to say that we're a year into that but now we've also come back in person with live worship at the site so now we you know we make some strategic cha changes uh to our programming to our structure trying to to work well the balance of of musicians and time resources that's people resources Right. Um, and we're trying to balance all that. It, that's a hard task. And, and it's, it's, I, again, kudos to our volunteers. We said it on another podcast last week with our McLean kids volunteers. They're just people love to serve because it's, it, they're serving in their passion, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not, it's not challenging because it is because they're, they're schedules and, and, uh, you know, you got to learn your music, you got to work as a team, all of that kind of stuff. But I think it's very rewarding in the end. With that being said, and again, it comes across whether you're in person, 
in a, in a venue or you're, you're at home or, or watching it online, it comes across. So with that in mind, take us behind the scenes, Spence, what does a week look like for you? Let's, let's start, let's start with Monday. All right. Let's start with Monday. What does take me through your week and give, give our audience a little bit of a feel for what, what, uh, what, how much work you're putting into this and how much work our volunteers are, are, are doing as well. Cool. So I have about half my week is the same every week, I would say approximately. And then about half of it is different every single week, Mm. depending on what the needs of that week are. So um, Monday, more or less, I try to take off, especially in the morning. I tend to to go in in the afternoon and start to get a feel for uh, what needs planned this week, where are holes and teams that need filled. Uh, Monday evening, I meet with our worship leaders virtually every evening or every Monday evening. So I prep for that meeting and think about what do we need to work on this week? What are our challenges, uh, both short-term and long-term? And I just kind of start to get my poop in a group, so to speak, for the week. Uh, Tuesday is my big meeting day. And just to keep communication going and try to keep intentionality within everything that we do, I meet individually with uh, Pastor Mike about Edinburgh and planning worship for his site. Same with Pastor Lenora for Union City. Meet with our leadership of uh, directors and pastors and our chief of staff to talk about long-term vision for the church. I meet with our production coordinator, Stephen Early, to talk about all things production and what we need to do, which is usually a lot (laughs) in his his world. Meet with our digital team. And so this just helps me get a a sense of what do we need to be working on, both short-term, long-term? What are we planning? What do I need to communicate? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Wednesday morning. We have a strategic team and we talk through specifics about how we want to record the sermon for that week or where are we going to do our next outdoor video shoot. And then for all our volunteers that know what PCO is, PCO is our planning center online. And my final meeting of the week is Wednesday mornings where we go through each plan and make sure that we have all our I's dotted and our T's crossed as far as everything's organized on the plan. So anybody with access to that can look at it and know what's coming that week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all pretty uh, regular routine for me for those first few days of the week. Okay. A Thursday, I spend my time getting ready for McLean Anywhere, which is a new initiative that we're doing. And if you are interested in that, it's a way to bring McLean Church to your campsite, to your house, to a hotel room where you can run a service and have all the elements that we provide for you. And that's been a thrilling new initiative that we're working on. Yeah. We'll link to that in the show notes. We'll give the website and all that where people can check that out. Wonderful. Uh, Thursday nights, we do a recording session for McLean online. We record our worship about nine or 10 days out to give our team time to edit it. Okay, so that's an interesting point. You're you're recording the music, the the worship music segments that we see online. That's done 10 days in advance, nine or 10 days in advance. Yeah, that's correct. And that's why our planning through all those meetings that I I spoke of are, that's so important because we have to constantly be thinking at least a few weeks ahead, if not more than that, to make sure that we're putting intentional, cohesive worship together for everybody, for our congregation. So. We do that every Thursday evening. Sometimes we might do a bonus session if we have, uh, for example, Good Friday and Easter. We, you know, we had two, yeah, yeah. two sets in one week we wanted to take care of there. We might do a social media song, something like that, or some songs from McLean Kids. 
On the weekend, I'm usually live at one of our sites leading worship. And in between all that is a lot of practice. Uh, scheduling is a big part of my job. I kind of joked about, well, a lot of what I do is a lot of fun. <laughs> but, you know, the more challenging stuff is usually scheduling. But I think that's normal when you're working with 60 different schedules. And, yeah. you know, if, if I didn't have amazing volunteers that were willing to do all this for the kingdom, we wouldn't have any worship at all. So I'm very right. grateful for, for them and their willingness and abilities to serve. So that's it in a large nutshell. Yeah. Uh, in between yeah. that, I try to make sure I'm communicating with our congregants, anybody who's sick or mm -hmm. grieving or having marriage problems, and just make sure that we're connecting them with the right pastoral needs they might have and ministering to them, loving them, letting them yeah. know that we care about them and they're not just a set of hands to us. You know, yeah, I matter. And I think I've seen you do that. You do that really well. And I think that that's a, uh, I, I think that's a hallmark trait of McLean in the sense that if you are involved in a ministry area, you're going to get um, pastoral care, quote unquote, pastoral care from sometimes it'll be the site pastor. Sometimes it'll be uh, the ministry team leader that in the area that you serve, let's say it's worship, you know, uh, somebody's going to reach out to you. Um, if it's kids ministry, somebody's going to reach out to you. Um, there's, if you're in a small group, a life group that we have, that life group is going to reach. So it's hard. Um, if you're, if, if you're plugged into McLean, you're going to get, you're going to get loved on. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's there. Yeah. And I always try to, to tell people, make sure you're communicating those things. So we know, because, yep. you know, as long as we know, we're going to do anything we can to help you. I always feel bad when someone slips through the cracks. And that's why I encourage that communication. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to tell somebody, you yeah. know, and then if, if I, if I know and you need Mike, you know, I'll make sure that I direct it to Mike or let Mike know. And we try to look out for each other, all of us yeah. in that way and, and just make sure people are coming first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a long week. That's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of effort and work going into the weekend. But I, again, the results are clear. Uh, we've got some, I, I mean, I would put our, our musicians up against anybody around. I mean, we've got talented, talented people that I, I mean, you do a great job leading and directing, but I mean, at some point it's gotta be fun to just sit back and let them play. Right. I mean, right. there's gotta be like, there's not much coaching going on this week. Let's just let them go. Right. Yeah. And I, I say the same thing too, that you just said, I always tell people I would take, you know, a team of ours and take them to any church in the nation and be proud of the worship that we put out there with wherever we were worshiping, you know? Yeah. And uh, it is fun. A lot of the times it's just ridiculous amounts of fun. And sometimes, especially if I'm not leading worship, I'm, I may end up just playing a electric guitar in the band and somebody else is leading. And that is really a treat to just lock in with the team and kind of forget about some of those leadership responsibilities. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. just like being set free to, to play worship with those people. I mean, everybody, I think, that serves, even if you're not playing, you know, I say everybody loves to play that serves, but even the people in production, I think they generally love to, you know, to mix or to run lights, right. Or to run pro, you know? And so there's a passion there that really comes through. But what I've noticed is people that have served in music for worship who have also played in a secular environment, there's something special about worship that you don't get there. You know, I've played in a lot of school and garage and bar bands and a 
I've played in a lot of different ensembles over the years of different types, but there's just nothing like worship music. You know, when you have the Holy Spirit in the equation, yeah, it takes yeah. it to another level that you can't get anywhere else. And it's a, it's a really special thing to be a part of. It is. And, and it's one of those mysterious things. Like you can't, you, it's hard to define it. It's just mysterious, but it's there. And, and almost to a person, people say that. Um, we had, we, we did a new feature uh, that we've published on our YouTube channel called Behind the Music, where we're really doing a deep dive on the musicians. And Terry Hokai said the same thing. We'll, we'll, again, we'll link to that in our show notes, but did said the same thing, it, you know, almost verbatim, you know, he's done bar bands and all those kinds of things. There's just something about playing uh, for the church. And so just before we do a plug for volunteers, uh, touch real quick, you, you, you mentioned it in passing, but it's not just musicians. It's not just vocalists. What are the other areas in production that, that we offer that people can be a part of that also is a huge deal in putting all of this together, whether it's online or in person. Right. I mean, I always tell them they are the unsung heroes of McLean worship and it's true. Uh, we have our, our basic roles are sound person. Mm -hmm. So you're running the mixing board, mixing the instruments and voices, uh, lighting where you're running the lights. We have pro presenter, which is where you put the words on the screen. And that's actually a very underrated job yeah. because everything else can be perfect. But if the words aren't coming at the right time for the congregation, it really just throws a wrench in the whole system. So our pro yeah. presenter people, they're, they're not always valued as much as they should be. That's a really key position for what we do. And then that's all for live worship. When we meet for our recording sessions, we also need camera people. Mm -hmm as well as somebody running the video switcher. We have different cameras running and that's the person that decides which shot you're gonna see at any given time when you're engaging with us in worship later at the recording. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the five big roles and they just don't get the credit that they deserve. You know, right. we would be totally lost without them. We did an experiment one time at a class I did and I worked us out with all the production people. So I, I said, I want everything to be as wrong as it can be. So we had mics cutting in and out, the, the band's playing, the lights are just flashing, the wrong words are on the screen, you know, <laughs> everything was bad on purpose. And we talked about it with the uh, people that attended the class, you know, and how much that took you out of worship, you know, when that stuff is done right, you don't even notice it a lot of the time. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of the point, you know. So yeah, they, they are an invaluable part of McLean worship. And I we all would just be totally lost without them. Right. And, and the, those positions are available at every location at, at Edinburgh, at Union City, at Erie and online. We need people for, for all of that. And those are the people you don't have to carry a tune. You don't have to play an instrument. You just got to love what you do and be teachable, be a team player and see what happens. Right. Right. And some of those people, you know, prefer not to be in the spotlight, you know, mm -hmm. that's uh, a role where you can do behind the scenes. And if you're maybe a little bit more of a stage fright type of person, or you just don't like being in front of people, that's a role that you can play. And to be honest, we usually need production team members even more than we need worship team members. Yeah. So anybody yeah. that might even be a little interested in that, that makes a huge impact on what we do. Yeah. And we'll train you up. You don't have to know how to run a camera beforehand or what button to push. We'll, we'll teach you about that. Right. Right. And a lot of times people will get in on one role and then find they're interested in exploring some other roles as well. So you might end up 
signing up for pro and becoming a sound person or getting into lights along the way or find you like camera angles you know there's there's yeah. a lot of opportunity for growth in that way as well yeah so spence what's the best way people can reach out to you to to share their interest in in joining the team either in music vocals or in production i would say to email me at b spence b-s-p-e-n-c-e at mcleanchurch.org i'm always okay. looking for for new team members always so my my joking motto is abg always be growing that <laughs> always be closing yeah so please drop me a line even if you're just a little interested and we can let you explore at your pace we try to be careful and ease people into things we don't want yep. to overwhelm anybody and give yep. you a chance to find your legs on your schedule and your time yeah your first assignment won't be easter so right exactly <laughs> we'll, exactly. we'll ease you in so yeah, you don't want to scar anybody for life you know? <laughs> that's right so. so just before we go one last question what are you looking forward to in 2021 so um, I'm looking forward to seeing where God is leading us. You know, these last 13 months have been such a wild ride and it's been a roller coaster in so many ways. And I, I just when I think I have a clear sense of where we might be going, then whoosh, it, it turns the entire yeah. other way. So I'm looking forward to seeing where we're going. I, I hope that we can continue to grow. You know, we have about 60 people right now that are just incredibly dedicated, committed people. And I would love to continue to grow them while giving them more support as team members. And Brian has been talking about our, all these new initiatives McLean Church is doing. We talked about McLean Anywhere, but we have a lot of other exciting happenings in our church right now and digital world and the physical world and all points in between. So it's going to be really fun to see where where people fall and connect with Christ and what, what is the role of worship and the worship teams and production in all of that. Right. Right. Well, we're looking forward to it, man. You're doing a great job, buddy. And uh, I know everybody out there uh, really appreciates it and they get a lot out of the music and the production and it just, it just all works together to make the gospel alive in our hearts and lives and the lives of people again both both in our church in our community and literally around the world so spence thank you for what you do thanks for joining us today it's been fun yeah thanks a lot for having me i appreciate it and i always tell people uh god's the gardener i'm just the hose so there you go there you go. Well, thank you to uh, Brian Spence, our worship director at McLean Church. And uh, you can get in touch with him. Like he said, check him out on his email. Go to our website, mcleanchurch.org, and you can find all the information you need about our worship times, our worship and production schedules, and how to get in touch with Brian Spence and volunteer in those areas. Well, this has been a presentation of McLean Church, a non-denominational church located in Northwest Pennsylvania. Be sure to check our website, mcleanchurch.org, for more information on the church, as well as our weekly gatherings, both in person and online. Visit our YouTube channel, at McLean Church, for our most recent worship and kids recordings. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to tune in next time.